Welcome to At The Counter One Shots, the podcast that takes the nerdy questions and discussions held at the counter of your local comic book shop and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. ATC One Shots take all the fun and geekery of the full podcast and puts it into bite-sized chunks. Just a disclaimer for this week's podcast, we are, were broadcasting live from the Frugal Dutchman window. So the sound quality is a little off. And it's a little echoey because we were in a glass box. And there are some weird cuts and interruptions because of people coming in to talk to us. So, you've been warned, but enjoy the show anyways. This is the At The Counter Podcast. It is a place where nerdy isn't dirty. It's a badge of honor. It is. It's it's something we wear with pride here at the Dutchman. And uh, we've been doing this for years without mics in front of us and we're now we've now done this for a year with mics in front of us, which is scary. Yeah, this, this is uh, pretty much our one year anniversary. A little late, but a little late. But we kept it to make it special for Rich Fest. Yeah. So uh, today's topic is why should kids read comic books? Why should kids read comic books? Do you, do your kids read comic books? Do my kids read yeah. comic books? Do my kids read? Yes, of course, my kids read comic books. <laughs> They didn't have much of a choice, to be honest with you, but uh, there are some definite benefits to uh, comic books over regular uh, regular paged books, shall we call them. Yeah, novels and novels and things. Novels are great. There's there's great things, in, and I mean, I'm a science fiction guy myself, so science fiction and fantasy are really great reads, but there's only so much you can get out of novels, and, and a lot of times they can be a barrier, because I know for myself... And I think we've talked about this before when we were talking about some books and, and things. Reading to me is one of the most relaxing of activities to a fault that I can't do it for any length of time because I'll fall asleep because I'm just in that state of relaxed and it's enjoyable, but then I'm <clears throat> snoring um, after the first couple of chapters. So I can only read like a chapter of a book at a time, whereas I can crush a graphic novel. And, um, uh, Back when I was growing up, comic books were readily accessible, of course, but also from the library, things like Asterix and Tintin, which were the original graphic novel, yeah. for lack of a better term. They were really good because, well, Asterix and Obelisk, first of all, because it worked on many levels. Well, and they were the first things that were really put in larger format books, not just yeah. single-issue magazines. Between, right? them, between them and Tintin. There was a lot of inform, a lot of stuff to read, yeah. and they were exciting, and they taught conversational reading, which helps for actors to be able to read a script or for you to be able to read a script. But it's also a lot of fun just to make the voices in your head, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, it, it, I always find that is it, I characterize as I read graphic novels because you get a better sense of a character by seeing them, obviously. And I, I do it when I read novels as well, but that's because I'm a psychotic weirdo. No, most people, uh, <laughs> most people use a voice in their head when they're reading. They don't realize you're doing it. But we're so inundated with television, movies, and theater now that you want to have that character. Like, let's say with Tintin. Tintin was always such a upbeat kind of guy in my head. And then there was Captain Haddock, and he was really good. <laughs> you definitely assign personality, whether or not, and that's, that, I mean, that's essentially how you end up with good writing, or the differential between good writing and, and not great writing is, I couldn't visualize that character. I couldn't characterize them in my brain. I yeah. couldn't find a voice for them. They were just kind of flat, right? Um, whereas when you get really 
solid or strong writing, it's more expressive and you can feel the expression coming out of the language. And that makes it easier for <clears throat> a graphic novel in, or a comic in general because most of that visualization is done for you, which when you're starting out is really helpful. Oh, absolutely. The other thing, we, we kind of get to see two different sides of that now, because, or of, of this topic now, because your kids are older, mm -hmm. mine are younger, right? Uh, you know, my kids are out front here running the um, game we've got set up out front with the Nerf darts and everything. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and they both love comic books. And my seven-year-old is, is starting to read on his own. Um, and so comic books are a really great way for that to happen. Uh, and even Charlotte's getting her head around it. Like, she's starting to pick out words that she knows in graphic, where graphic novels conversationally also use terminology that most people don't always use in conversation. So it helps you kind of expand your vocabulary that way as well. It does. and But it also gives you that start. <clears throat> It gives that little spark and that start to get interested in things. Uh, I read Archie comics voraciously as a kid. That was, I that still was my like, first run. I still like yeah. reading Archie comics just because they're fun. You get to know the people a lot more intimately because they go on longer than any book could possibly go. Because there's so many stories. If you wanted to look at it as a volume, there are thousands of volumes. Well, and it's episodic, which is nice. Like You don't have to understand what happened in the last edition of Archie to keep up with what's going on today. Yeah, the, right? It's the more or less episodic. The basic premise of Archie is he's got two girls that want him. God knows why. <laughs> but they both love him, and he has to choose between them and never does. Yeah. So that's, that's Archie Comics in a nutshell. There you go. You've now read all the Archie Comics ever made. <laughs> Which is so not true because a lot of the newer stuff has changed all that. That's that's a different that's a whole different that's topic. A whole different, we need but, guests for that one because <laughs> there's there's much more qualified Archie experts than myself in town. <laughs> uh, well, that being said, though, Archie is a great way to get people into things. Asterix and Tintin are great for kids because they're adventure stories. Yeah. But the thing about Asterix and Obelisk that I thought was funny. Is I didn't realize originally, but every name in there is a pun. Is it really? Yeah. Asterix because he's small and an afterthought. Obelisk because he's shaped <laughs> like an obelisk. The uh, the druid's name is Getafix because he gives him the medical potion. Okay. Uh, the bard's name is Cacophonix because he's very loud and obnoxious. Uh, all the Roman names are jokes. Like there are so many adult jokes yeah. in Asterix that you don't realize. Especially because when I read comics and that kind of stuff, I never read them out loud. So I just looked at the word and went, that's his name, and didn't sound it out. And it wasn't until I saw some of the uh, animated cartoons that I realized and then went back and looked at them and went, oh my goodness, these people are sick. These are all puns. Okay, so... Inside jokes as things, we're going we're gonna to rabbit trail. It took us a while to get to one. Yeah. Um, I got one, season. though, and I was thinking of you when I saw it, because I was watching this thing. I think we had touched on it a little bit in one of our, when we were talking about color forms in our Oh, right, series, right, right. And if you haven't listened to our uh, the series we did on Time Magazine's Top 100 Toys, definitely take the opportunity to check out the previous podcast. You'll be able to find those episodes. They're fantastic, if I do say so. They myself. did turn out pretty good. Yeah. Uh, some of our highest listener counts. Uh, we won't talk about numbers. Uh, 
But in that, we talked about color forms. And uh, there's a show called Charlie's Color Form City that my, my son likes. Um, and, I mean, my daughter likes too, but they did this series more recently. We were watching it the other day, and it's Charlie making movies, right? Which mm-hmm. is cool. And there's something I learned from you that I applied that I noticed a joke in here, or whether it was a joke or a laziness, I'm not sure. Um, but in this series, he's constantly searching for the MacGuffin. <laughs> and I said, it's the funniest thing. How lazy did the writers on this get that they just didn't bother to fill in the MacGuffin? <laughs> for anybody who's not aware, a MacGuffin is a, a magical <clears throat> object or point of the story. The, like The thing of it is a placeholder, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the MacGuffin is a placeholder. It's, it's, I don't remember the etymology of it. I think it was a writer who coined the term name MacGuffin, I think. Yeah. And but the MacGuffin could be the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders or the Force in the in Star Wars. Yeah, it, I mean, it's anything a, that makes the plot happen. It's a placeholder used so that writing groups don't have to get stuck on details when they're trying to do big picture. Yeah, right? it, yeah. So Indiana Jones, we're going to do this thing. He's going to go through this temple to the place, and he's going to find this thing. Cross the room. There's going to be traps. He's going to find the MacGuffin. Doesn't matter what it is. That's yeah. unimportant. He's just there finding. We'll figure it. that. Out. We'll figure that part out. Right, but what are the traps? What are the and so you can nail down some broader details before worrying about this little tiny minutia, right? <laughs> and so it was a placeholder. Yeah. So the MacGuffin is any device that moves the plot along. And I, I purely enjoyed the episodes of the show, not for what was happening, but for the fact that he continually was looking for the MacGuffin. <laughs> like this is, oh, and I knew you'd have been laughing at it too. <laughs> So that's that's that rabbit trail. You, you learn something from me. That's a great right? exchange. It's the first time in history. <laughs> Sadly, it's not. Kids need to read more comics. Uh, it's part of why I have the level of literacy that I have. Uh, I was, you know, and I got into competitive spelling and and comp- competition writing and things like that because I enjoyed comic books uh, as a form of literacy. Um, and my kids all did the same thing. They started with comic books, and uh, my one son is a voracious reader of fiction, and my other son is a voracious reader of nonfiction. And when he was five, he could read out of the Audubon book for Grandma and Grandpa and say, this is a star-speckled wingtip, whatever, and he could read all the words, and my father-in-law was absolutely blown away by it. To enjoy fiction, to avoid, to enjoy nonfiction, and the wisdom to know the difference. Exactly. <laughs> So, it is a good... We've talked about gateway games before. Gate comics are gateways, but they're gateways to literacy. And that's the most important part. Everyone thinks that comic books are trash. They're nothing. They're like, just throwaway stuff. Kids shouldn't be reading them and that kind of thing. Nothing can be further from the truth. Because all of the books that they read, as they're learning to read, have pictures. And they correlate pictures with the, the words. Comic books take that and move it to the next level. Well, it allows for some critical thinking. I mean, I always think about um, when you're reading a good mystery, or even when you're watching a good mystery show, right? I, I don't know if you do this, but I always try and figure it out before the before the main characters do, right? Oh, well, what if it's this? I bet it's this. And then I'm most of the time wrong because I watch things that are really well written. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Comic books kind of add the same excitement to it as, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, I wonder if this is where they're going to go with it, or are they going to do this thing, or, you know, what what kind of MacGuffin are we going to find, right? Um, 
But yeah, comic books are a great gateway, and it's it's a way to relate reading to something you you know your children are already interested in. Because my daughter Charlotte loves Spider Man, I have no problem with her reading Spider Man. Right, absolutely excited for her to start reading Spider Man because there's a ton of positivity in stories and comic books. Um, you just have to be willing to read them. And you have to know which ones to read. Absolutely. There yeah, are... Definitely monitor what your children are reading. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> go straight to House of M with yeah. the kids. But there are... And, and the other thing is people have started to realize this. So that's why there are so many levels of comic books now. Uh, the... What was it? The Tiny Teen Titans, I think they were called, or... There was a series where the Teen Titans were like oh, yeah. seven or eight, yeah. and uh, it had that kind of level. And then there's the superhero uh, girl squad, whatever the DC one is. Yeah, has, DC superhero girls. Yeah, which is um, good. Which targets girls, but again, anybody can read anything they want. Yeah. But the idea is to get kids hooked on reading, and once they start reading, that's a lifetime habit. Well, and, and the question comes up, how is there so much? I, and we're we're in what's known in comics, technically speaking, as the modern age of comics. But I dare say this is the real golden age of comics happening now because there is something for everybody. You don't have to buy into Superman or Batman or, or Zane Grey. Zane Grey. Like, or, you know, you don't have to be a Western person. Or it, just because you want to read comics doesn't mean you have to like superheroes. Yes. There are a lot of comic material not based around superheroes. I get right. the Crypt Keeper. There you are. Right. And, and, you know, there's something in most genres now. You can find My Little Pony comics. You can find, uh, Transformers comics. You, you know, any, most things you want. I, I've seen Frozen comics. Um, you know, there's not a lot of them, but there's well, some of them. <laughs> Decent did a lot of comics yeah. back in the day with, uh, Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and all those others. A ton of that to be found in, in the bargain bin, and they are coming back around to printing again, which yeah. is great. Um, because I actually have, kind of I think I have in my collection one of the Paramounts of that. I have the first uh, edition of a four-part miniseries that I've never completed, which was Transformers versus GI Joe. Ooh. Put them all in the same thing. Yeah. Transformers <laughs> versus GI Joe, and at the end of the first comic, the uh, GI Joes blow up Bumblebee. <laughs> like destroy him, like blow him apart. They fix him, but of course they blow him apart. So I think that's the beauty of Transformers as a comic thing is because the concern with GI Joe was always that, um, especially in the series, but that kind of translated over to the comics as well. Is nobody was ever allowed to die, right? It's a children's yeah. show. We can't kill anybody because that's gruesome and that crosses lines that we're not prepared to make parents deal with, right? So whenever the plane would explode, there'd always be a guy in a parachute, yeah. right? It was always, yeah, there we go. Um, but that's the funny thing about Transformers, or the interesting thing I should say about Transformers, is you can kill off a Transformer and bring him back because he's a machine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Just we, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Now you're no, wait, that's a different conversation. Different, different show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like the, the crossovers too. Like I've seen Archie versus the Punisher. That's Arch actually a really popular book. Too. Archie versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like the crossovers between comics also get you going and exciting. Um, DC and Marvel have done a number of crossovers over the year, not even counting 
DC versus Marvel because yeah. that was a whole year of oh my insanity. Gosh. But they've done some of the best writing that oh. you've seen out of either of those companies uh, happened in that one year span because they just committed themselves to working together for a year. Yeah, they were like, doing... why aren't these companies one? <laughs> because this would be amazing. <laughs> yes, but we have half the comic books that we do now, That's so that doesn't fair. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, they'd, those... have, they'd have all the market shares. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Marvel and DC are two opposing comic book superhero uh, well, they're opposing comic book companies. Yeah. And one year back in the 90s, they said, we're going to work together and decide who's the best. And they did a series of comic books that pitted hero against hero, villain against villain. And, and then they merged for six or seven months to a merged pretend company called Amalgam. Yeah. And Amalgam literally merged characters together. They put Wolverine. Physical merges. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine, Wolverine and Batman. Batman became Dark Claw. Dark Claw. Uh, Superman and Steve Rogers became Super Soldier. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, um, Thor and uh, Wonder Woman. I think she was just called the Goddess or something. Yeah. There was Spider-Man and Superboy was Spider-Boy. Yeah. Um... There was one for Storm, too. I can't remember. It was Storm and... Oh, I can't remember now. I can't remember who they merged through. But basically, anybody who had similar similar kind of a bent or similar kind of a, a character got merged together. And they put out, I think, just one edition of each... One or two editions. Yeah, there's a single each, issue of each one. Of each amalgamated superhero comic. Then they split them apart again and went back to being two separate companies. But it was unprecedented. We do have a copy of Dark Claw here in stock at the Dutchman. Buy one, get one 50% off. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely worth taking a look at if you're a comic book person. And it's really fun for the, for the adults because you can read stuff the kids read. So you know what's yeah. going on. You can answer their questions. And well, it's something you can, you can enjoy together, right? Is so And... We haven't done that bit yet. Uh, one of our previous podcasts were TV shows that kids watch that parents can actually handle watching. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't done the other one yet, and we won't do it this weekend. We'll save that. Uh, where it's stuff that your kids watch that you just can't handle. Um, but comic books are something that if you can handle watching MCU movies, you can handle reading a kid's comic book. Because the content... It may not be to your level or standard, but you can still enjoy it together, right? Or you can add, like, I get to add things to my kids' knowledge when they get, again, excited about Spider-Man or Batman or something like that. Because I know things that they don't know about these characters because I've read so much more of it or what I've read in more detail, right? So, And as we said, the, the history on the characters, they don't get one or two little movies or a three or four book series. <clears throat> A lot of these characters have been going on for 40, 50, 60 years. At least now, yeah. I mean, you look, you look at, I mean, Wonder Woman's looking pretty good for 75 years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, she's an Amazon. Right, you know. Uh, you know, Batman and Superman have both been around since the 30s. So, I mean, these are characters that aren't going anywhere. If you want to invest your kids in something that you know they'll have in their life for a long time, yeah. Comic books are a great way to do that because if you can latch on to characters, if that's what you're concerned about, latch on to characters that have been around, right? Yeah. Superman, Standing for Truth, Justice, the American Way. Captain America was uh, really well handled in comics because it was the idea that you don't always have... He wasn't just about agreeing with what government said. He had a real problem with what 
they expected of him. And so he stepped outside of his mantle as Captain America for a while, right? Uh, and became nomad. And that was a whole thing, right? Um, but it explores more than just, hey, go to this place, punch out this guy and do that thing. It, it, there's a lot more... I, I'm going to use it as the terminology of literature. There's a lot more uh, content there than what meets the eye. And the other benefit to it is once you get uh, a kid hooked onto something, for instance, say Batman, yeah. there's not only a lot of literature, there's a lot of movies, there's a lot of TV shows, there's a lot of clothing, collectibles, all that stuff, that once they love something, they can show their love for it. Speaking of people hooked on Batman. That was deliberate. <laughs> I, I saw him coming. I saw him coming, so it was a deliberate hooked on Batman. Reverend Bill! <laughs> uh, we're, we're easily distracted. This well, is why we usually have to do this in a closed yeah. room with nobody around. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of cutting. Uh, we get distracted enough when it's just the two of us. Now we have... Thousands of people walking by all weekend. <laughs> well, the funny thing about uh, speaking of Batman collectibles that uh, that uh, Reverend Bill doesn't know is that I have hidden several Batman collectibles in amongst his Batman collection, and I don't think he's found them yet. He's now going to keep taking my Batman he's stuff. <laughs> no, he's now going to have to go looking for it because I, I hid them in amongst. I don't think he's even noticed. <laughs> Love you too, Ruby. <laughs> he, he's um, now going to run back to his Batman collection as soon as possible to go. Taking, what did he taking inventory? What did he do? What did he put? I didn't move or take anything. I just added. It's fine. <laughs> I did, however, sneak it in there like six months ago. So I was waiting to hear if you said, you know, <laughs> this was a good time because I need to out you. <laughs> it's all right. I think he does that in the store sometimes too. <laughs> what is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, but yeah, getting back to the topic, comic books are beneficial for children, despite the hysteria that happened back in the sixties. Um, we've all grown up. We know that pinball machines are not the devil's work, and comic books are not. I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> oh, you don't know that? No. I mean. Most things were considered the devil's work at some point I'll, or another, but I hadn't heard about pinball machines. Well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do the history of uh, video games or something like arcade video yeah. games at, at uh, as a one shot because you may not have the knowledge, but I do. So. I, I've got some arcade background, but uh, pinball specifically, I I love pinball. I historically I don't know that much about it. Uh, it it had to. Bit. I'm going to just tease that that it had to go before Congress. Wow. So we'll tease that and maybe pinball we'll talk specific. About Pinball specifically. Okay. So we'll talk about that later on. Maybe we'll do that as a one-shot later on today. Well, we'll travel on to this a bit with the comic book angle, though, because that was a big thing, uh, you know, way back when, we'll say, is there were big concerns about things like Dungeons & Dragons and video games and comic books, and that's, that's in essence where the Comics Code Authority came from, which is now debunked. You know, they, which the CCA lasted a lot longer than I thought they did. Yeah, um, they, they hung on till like early two thousand thirty four yeah. years. Like they were, they were around till I think oh two or oh four, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to fact check that later. We don't, we don't. This is all off the top of our heads, by the way. We don't research anything, uh, or very little, of it. <laughs> or very little. Uh, we go, isn't that true? We should probably look that up. Uh, <laughs> then we never do. <laughs> so if you, you have, you can tell us we're wrong, and that's okay. If you have knowledge, if you have questions, if you have anything you want answers to. 
feel free to come into the Frugal Dutchman. Let Dane at the counter know that uh, you have a nerdy question to get answered. And we'll do our best to get it up here. If we get <laughs> enough questions over the course of the day, we'll do a quick pick. Well, that question has been asked and answered. But we still need more questions. So please send any of your nerdy questions to Christian at FrugalDutchman.com. Or join us on Facebook at TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us next time for more thoughtful answers to pointless questions, and we'll see you at the counter. counter.